Are you prepared for the answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything? Because this is episode 42 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm not Brian Lovin. And I'm not Bryn Jackson. Well played, sir. Good. That was good. Who did we talk to this week, this, this episode? Uh, today we caught up with Jean-Marc Denis and Sebastian Gabriel. Uh, both designers at Google. Jean-Marc's working on the VR team previously at Inbox, previously at Sparrow, and Sebastian is working on Google Chrome that we all know and love. Really talented designers, and it was a lot of fun chatting with them. They're way smarter than we are. They, I felt like a peon. Not only are they smarter, they're also, they also sound sophisticated because they're both French. Voting is closed for the Net Awards. If you did vote for us for Podcast of the Year... Thank you so much. The only thing we could ask for now is to follow us on Twitter. We're at Design Details FM on Twitter. Or, of course, leave us a rating on iTunes. Uh, if you've been enjoying the show and want to support us, a ratings on iTunes is always so helpful. Before we dive into the Answer to the Universe episode, we wanted to thank two awesome sponsors for making this show possible. First, back again, is Icon Finder, the ultimate place to find icons on the web. They're an amazing service. They have an amazing collection of icons, over 500,000 in their database, and they're adding thousands more every single month. So many icons. and So many icons. The quality is surprisingly good for that many icons. The quality is there. The, the diversity is there. Any kind of icon you might need, any style, format, no matter what kind of uh, design project you're working on, Icon Finder is going to have something for you that is just perfect. And they have this really wonderful service called Icon Finder Pro. It's a monthly subscription service that gives you access to lots of downloads, uh, icons, and it's just a few bucks a month. But we have a deal if you use the promo code ROBOT when you sign up. It tells Icon Finder that we sent you and they will give you 50% off your first month. And our favorite thing about Icon Finder is, or I should say one of our favorite things, is they turn around and take your subscription revenue and 70% of that goes straight back to the design community, the people who are making those icons. So every icon you buy, you are supporting designers out there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 70% goes back to the creators? And then they do stuff like this, where they help the design community. Oh, yeah. More than 70% goes to the design community. The least you can do is go to iconfinder.com. And if you feel so compelled, check out Icon Finder Pro. Use the promo code ROBOT and we'll save you 50% off your first month. Thanks so much to Icon Finder. Our second sponsor is another returning sponsor, Dropbox. Woo! I can literally like almost see them out the window we could throw a rock and hit the dropbox offices but why would we do that they would get mad yeah and they've been really awesome so uh dropbox all of you know it they pick up a box and they drop it it's no big deal um they store your files in the cloud and they they take a lot of them and store them in the cloud they have a free tier they have a paid tier that is massive and much larger than my hard drive and holds all of our files for all of this and all of my work and all of everything and why wouldn't you use that it's the ultimate peace of mind for keeping the files that you work with every day your entire digital life safe and synced on every single device you use it's i mean i mean brian's just more eloquent about it but what i'm trying to say is it's pretty great dropbox is awesome it's fantastic they've got like one of the most legendary design teams in the business right now too 
they've been killing it for the past several years and they're, they're super into supporting the community so they've got this product it's not just file storage you can do commenting so you can get stakeholders you can get teams you can get everyone to to reach an agreement and and have this discussion around a mock-up without actually having to use email and anything that saves you from using email is i mean that's a plus in my book yep you can also send files instantly in their web viewer they're supporting more and more files every single day so instead of sending half gig pdfs and things like that you can just view them in their viewer you we've listened to episodes in dropbox viewer we've uh we've watched videos in the dropbox viewer you can take all these massive files that normally take so long to send and just listen to them in the cloud instantly just by hitting a link it's so great uh, it really is an amazing product and i can't compliment it enough i really love this product i use it all the time if you're not using dropbox check them out they're at dropbox if you're not using dropbox just stop using the computer you shouldn't be doing it turn off this this podcast throw your phone away no 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 we're we're gonna be nice just go to dropbox.com and check out the service they're an awesome tool in general but even better if you're a designer they're making it super easy to to be great at what you do it's so good i lose my words at least 30 times every ad read thanks so much to dropbox and with, and with that, that let's get into god i hate <laughs> i wanted to say it at the same time as you <laughs> and with that the, let's get into episode 42 uh, with jean-marc denis and sebastian gabriel we start every show with a question okay what are you working on right now okay that was uh, quite abrupt jean-marc you want to go or i go no go ahead okay so what can i say um I'm doing my usual job, which uh, for the past three years has been to uh, trying to make Chrome consistent everywhere. Google Chrome. Yeah, Google browser. Chrome. Uh, from a visual design perspective, I'm more on the UI side than the UX side. So that includes uh, iOS, Android, uh, both phone and tablets, as well as Windows. And uh, one of my favorite projects, Chrome OS. So yeah, wow. it's been a three years effort so far. I'm still doing it. Damn, that's a lot. That's a long time. It is a lot, but it's it's interesting. Cool. Jean Marc, you just you just switched teams, right? Yeah, uh, I used to be on the Inbox uh, after Sparrow acquisition, and I worked there for like two years, three years, uh, and then we shipped. And I moved recently to a cardboard team, like VR cardboard team, and uh, I'm doing 3D stuff. You got your cardboard T-shirt. I do. Look at that. Oh, That's I didn't even notice cool. that what that was. That's awesome. <laughs> so corporate. So on brand. No. <laughs> awesome. So how I'm curious how uh how did you get involved with the Google Chrome team in the first place? Well, um okay, so I got recruited like three years and a half ago. I had no idea why, because when you recruited at Google, you just recruited for the company, not a specific team. You don't really know. And until you're actually accepted, um you absolutely do not know anything. So, um, <laughs> sounds familiar. I was, I, I had actually no idea. I was just, um, in this surreal state where, like, I was actually chatting with Google. It was completely surreal for me. So, I wasn't, anything could have been all right. I, I, I didn't even think about it. Um, and Glenn Murphy, who was the, uh, lead designer at the time, called me directly and, uh, asked me if I was interested to join Chrome. And, uh, that, that was, that was it. Uh, <laughs> like, cool. sure. Um, he was surprised because, uh, he thought I would be extremely excited, but I was so stunned by everything that was happening that I was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so that's how it happened. <laughs> and, um, I don't think I could have been in a better team. I really like Chrome and, uh, the Chrome team itself is very dedicated. Uh, I had no idea what it would be like. I know I'd be no idea 
how involved I would be. Uh, but uh, it turned out pretty well, and I'm pretty fond of the team and, uh, and, and the product. Awesome. Now, how does that contrast with... So, Jean-Marc, you came in as an acquisition, right? Yep. What was that process um, like? I guess the process is like way different when you come from a small startup, like three, four employees, and you join like this massive company. Um, it went well. Like there was up and downs, of course, but uh, for me, the experience was pretty interesting. Like startup, you move fast, you do a lot of stuff. Like there's a lot of there's so much to do uh, on every day, like day to day stuff. And big company like moves slower, but it's like, I mean, it's interesting to see how it works from the inside. You make a lot of assumption from the outside, but when you're in it, it's like different. So you were at Sparrow before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you designed Sparrow? Well, yeah. Um, I was the only designer there, so okay. I was pretty much doing whole design-related stuff. And that was you and just a couple other people? Mm, there was two engineers, so it was like two founders, um, the main like lead engineer who mm-hmm. built like whole the magic um, and Dom, who uh, was like product manager of a sort, he was super involved with UX. We had like, um, I was sitting next to him and he wasn't sitting next to me or whatever. Um, and we had like a lot of session doing design together, like trying to make stuff happen. Are you sick of designing email platforms? <laughs> that's a, a familiar question. Or are we going to see email in VR? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> Maybe. Dear God, please no. <laughs> uh, uh, it's going to happen. You know, it's going to happen anyway. But uh, no, I'm not working on that for sure. Um, it's interesting. Like, it's still not there. Like, yeah. The email has been there for a long time, but there's no real solution. Like, no universal solution no. to email. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an interesting, you know, user problem to work on. Well, I want to learn more because you're, you're both working on projects that impact email broadly, hundreds of, well, every well, person Gmail. Using it, right? <laughs> Gmail, hundreds of millions. <laughs> Chrome, of course, hundreds of millions across all devices. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you even start to think about that as a design challenge where there is no constraint like a demographic or a device? Well, actually, there is. Okay. <laughs> I mean, for Inbox, there are like so many different types of users. Okay. Um, you can imagine, not like with Gmail, there's tons of tools to help you triage your mail, like filters, labels, starred, and red, and... A lot of people have different workflows. So actually, it's kind of constrained in a way that you need to solve. I mean, you, when you ship a product, which is based on email, which is like a name, email client, you have to solve all these problems at once. Like, so people are happy with it. Like, if there's uh, people who use stars, they have to find like a way to do that um, and so on. So it's pretty restricted, restricted concerning email. For Chrome, I think you learned one thing from the beginning is how important the uh, Windows demographic here is. is. From a designer's standpoint, mm. you spend all your time on uh, on iOS and Mac, and when you come to Chrome, it's like, well, well it's kind of not non-existent, but uh, the vast majority of the people are on Windows, and when I came at the time, it was from Windows XP to Windows 7, so it's not something that you really... You know, I, I'm, at the time, I was like doing some freebies and PSD freebies, and I was doing a lot of iOS stuff. I was really excited about that. And uh, in the end, you end up into like Windows, which is a completely different territory. I wasn't, I was a web designer and an app designer at the time. Now I never designed software for this specific platform. So that was a very, very interesting shift and not something that we see a lot. We do not see a lot of Windows app design. Yeah. So we've had Google designers now 
Apple design or iOS designers, um, Mac, but never Windows. It's so yeah. like, what are is the one? You're the one. Well, I don't design Windows. I design <laughs> Chrome for Windows. Chrome is, for Windows, but yeah. uh, the platform, right? So, how? What are the, some of the constraints, or what's that process like? Uh, okay. <laughs> I guess the the do you have to approach building Chrome for Windows differently than you would on OS X? Um, like how does that change? The code base is completely different, mm-hmm. but from the design side, you want to keep Chrome as consistent as you can. Uh, while respecting both platforms. So right. you're trying to... My, my first job was actually trying to figure out how the design and the uh, engineering work in terms of delivering assets and making them consistent. So I, I needed to actually understand a very complex for me because I'm really not that into code, very complex structure of how these guys work and how they made Chrome happen. Um, so I needed, I needed to find a solution for, for that and to deliver good design and consistent design throughout all the and all the platforms while designing first for windows um windows i would say when it comes to visual design is uh, fairly um uh free when it comes to style and uh people expect the different things that what you would expect on osx when on osx you have people that care more about consistency with their os well on windows it's pretty much a free-for-all i feel like it had to be because there was so much software being pumped out for it for a while yeah like it Everyone was doing their own thing, and it just kind of grew no matter what Windows yeah. uh, designers had in mind. <laughs> like, yeah, and Windows direction changing from version to version, and you have um, also uh, the release cycle and the update is completely, um, like, it takes a while. People were on Windows XP while we were two years in Windows 7, mm-hmm. and so the, the style is just all over the place, and you're trying to make the best out of it. Uh, but for Chrome, we... You always have to remember that you're not supposed to look good. You're supposed to be very utilitarian and and step back. That's that's the biggest thing for Chrome is that if you want to show a UI, that's probably not the right team because it's very minimal um, when it comes to that. What kind of mindset do you have to be in? I've obviously, been doing this for three years, so you've mm-hmm. practiced. But as a UI designer, making an invis like a UI that steps back as much as possible. Yeah, um, I don't know. At the end of three years, I'm. I'm in the mindset when it, where I'm more satisfied when I actually get to remove something from my device when I add something. And uh, at the time, I was completely the opposite because at the time, I was really into the dribble scene and I wanted to yes. push as much pixels <laughs> as I could because I was a visual designer, not a UX designer. I was approaching it from a vis- very polishing the very little details, just like almost like a, some pixel art. I was like, oh, this button is going to be sweet and, and <laughs> I want everybody to see it. Yeah. But in the end, for Chrome and I think for a lot of software... You just win when you actually get it as simple and light as possible, especially for Chrome, because Chrome is all about the content. And we had countless argument about adding one or two pixel to the Chrome of Chrome. Um, and we want to avoid that as much as possible. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's you have to learn. It's a learning curve to get into, get into Chrome and getting into the spirit of stepping back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so content over Chrome is like pretty good motto. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> the motto, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What about for your work? Uh, so I used Sparrow when it came out. Way, I, I have friends who when. still use Sparrow. I still like do on Mac. Day. I still boot it so up on crazy. Mac, yeah. It's nice. It's really nice. It's, it's still working. That's like it the still m- works. It's crazy well. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know any piece of software that like has gone without an update for that long that people still use. Like That's crazy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm... I'm always fascinated because some email clients like Sparrow take off and everyone uses it and it's this beautiful product that everyone talks about. 
So from your perspective as the designer working on it, like what do you guys think you did that made it so successful as um, an email client? That's a good question. I guess the simplicity is one thing I'll, I'll think about. Yeah. Um, email was not really straightforward before. Like when you look at Apple Mail, it's kind of clunky. doesn't really, it's like, it's not reliable. It feels like a, a big file system. Yeah. Instead of being something that's like easy to get through. You know, it's like I agree with that. Yeah. This feeling when you open Outlook and like you're pulling all of your mail for yep. your pop mailbox is like taking a long time. Um, so I guess we kind of removed that friction. Like you don't you don't see this whole back end thing. Um, mail just happens in your inbox. The way we represent uh, in, ma- in mails too, very simple. Like um, the way we show three lines mm-hmm. instead of one. Like you know, it used to be like this line where you have like all this info um so revamping the info uh hierarchy really helped i guess uh, then bringing some simple stuff like avatars like images pictures from uh, from the facebook really helped too mm. um mm-hmm. yeah and i guess the reliability is one one big thing it's still working so it still works is, yeah it's incredible and then you went straight to inbox from there um yep so we used to work on the iPad version uh, when we got acquired. So iPad version that never got released. Uh, got acquired uh, and joined the Gmail team who had like this project going on. And I joined the Inbox team. It was pretty interesting. Can you talk much about the process there? Because, well, now Inbox it, is out. People it took a couple it. years to come out. So uh, you've been yeah, there for a while. Indeed. Um, at least three years. So that was like, so, as, as I was mentioning before, just like so many personas you have to really be thoughtful about. Um, really take some time to find the right solution, right approach. So there's like a lot of back and forth between user testing and designing and go back to the whiteboard. Like, okay, this solution is not working. Let's go back to the whiteboard and and go on from there. Um after the acquisition, I was working very closely with like the iOS engineer of Sparrow, um, Jean Baptiste, is his name. So we kind of brought that in into the Gmail team too. Like I was sitting next to him, so that was a big thing in Google. Like, like everybody was looking at me with like big eyes, like, "What are you doing?" So I sat next to him because that's the way we used to work together. Um, you know, like it's really helping for iteration. Like, what kind of assets are you expecting? Oh, can I help you to make your work, like, seamless and, and better and faster? Mm-hmm. Um, so this kind of process, I guess, was kind of new in the, in the Inbox team and in the Gmail team in general. And a lot of designers, uh, like, did that afterward. So we've learned a lot about, like, the process of design at other companies. And you even said, now that you're in it, it's different than what you expected. So, like, what is... Do you guys have a formal design process at Google? Or can you maybe share some like day to day like what what does it take to ship a Google product? I guess a lot of companies are the same way. Okay. As much as I've seen so far, you know, like it's the design team, so you spend all your day together, work, um, talk about um, the problems, and oh, you 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 are gonna fix them and help the user uh, going like from point A to point B. Um, so there's like design creates. I mean, it's what do you think? It was segmented, I would say, at the beginning. And um, it went towards a way more unified design 
I don't know about process, but design spirit and, and, and language at Google, as we've seen with material design. But um, the external communication seems to be there's one Google design. Yeah. And it was very, it was required to do that because before okay. that you had um, Google was some sort of melting pot of like different teams, right? You have, uh, you had YouTube, you had Chrome, you had Android, you had Gmail, you had search and you had um, like apps and things like that. So it was mm-hmm. uh, segmented, not in a bad way, but to actually stay competitive and move fast, you just, you need to be you know, segmented and keep in mind that YouTube was an acquisition and Android as well was an acquisition. So they keep their own, you know, spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, then came the Kennedy project, if, if you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the first um, uh, design project at Google um, that was trying to give a language to every every Google product and give a oh, similar yeah, language. Yeah. The gray no, bar I, along I do the remember top, that. right? Yeah. yeah, what Gmail is looking right now was yeah. the Kennedy because Gmail is so... You knew better than me, but it's hard to change such a, like, oh, yeah. mail is super hard to change, just like Chrome a little bit. But, um, so you can pretty much see Kennedy, like the first version of Kennedy still today in, in Gmail. Um, so yeah, that was the first, the first effort to get a, a design language together and some process. So that went on till material design, which really brought the company more together. So I cannot really say about the process, uh, per se, like, each team, they're very different in terms of number of people that are actually there and uh, what the culture is in terms of design and how much um, influence managers and PMs and designer and UN designer has and what is the balance, not of power, but of influence inside these teams. So it can vary a lot. But what I can say is that by being under the material design banner, you get, um, uh, you get a similar approach on design and you finally have a... Go a goal, something to look up to, and something that is branded Google, and that you want to reach as a as a design okay. team. If that answer your question, how is Material Design sold to? Like, did you have to buy into Material Design and say like these are principles that that will make sense for Inbox for Chrome, or was that like handed down to you? How did how did Material Design disseminate? Well, I can speak for Inbox. Okay, yeah. Um, as far as I remember, and I might miss some parts here and there, so sorry if I do. But uh, I remember trying to use like the Kennedy guidelines, and it felt pretty dated. Um, and Nicholas Jitkov and his team were working on like the material design premises, uh, so it was it was like a hard direction, uh, more than guidelines and super strict specs at the time. Um, so we worked a lot with uh, the material team on like making material like evolving to the product because they had no, no product to, to you know. So they were pulling you in to help shape material design. I don't know who pulled who or okay. <laughs> what exactly happened, but I know that at, at some point we had like um, biweekly meetings with them trying to you know answer question. Um, like they had some uh, thoughts about material design. We had other and like we compared notes and tried to build from there um, and I know they made that with like a lot of teams too uh, Inbox was one but I know like Chrome was uh, was one too um, it's funny that uh, Inbox and Chrome were actually probably about the first team to actually release something under material design hmm. uh, some, something visible like a lot of people were working during the making of material design a lot of teams were working towards doing re- revamping their applications but I think in- Inbox with the flagship Almost. Yeah, Inbox it, was the first web thing for sure. Yeah. 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 And then had they announced Google 
L before that? Because Google L was the first, like, that's when they first put the name to Material Design, right? Yeah, I it, guess. Was, it was really bound to Android. Um, yeah. Yeah, we launched after L. Uh, I remember the keynote. They yeah. were like some screen. They were like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at the time, we were still very much working at the time at IO uh, 2014. I think every team, in Chrome Box included, were still working on actually getting it out the door for the actual public release. Uh, so the things that we showed uh, were not like the final product yet. Um, but uh, yeah, it was close enough. I was really impressed by material like effort uh, in general, uh, coming from a small company, you know, and like getting into a big company. You don't expect that. Um, there was like a design culture that was that was getting built day to day, like every day. Um, PMs cared about design, like ask you for advices, and you're like, "Whoa, it's like it's Google. It's like an engineer driven company. That doesn't happen in Google, and yeah. actually it does." Yeah. Uh, it was really interesting, like the talks between designers uh, a lot of groups material really brought like the whole designer community of google together and, like yeah. all google together just really realize how hard it is to, for them to uh to get to the point there are today in, in inside a company like google with a lot of people a lot of different culture and um like a very deeply engineering uh engineering is very strong at google and to bring that uh, the way they did and I think it was in a year. It was about mm-hmm. like a, a year-long effort. It's evolved a lot, too, yeah. in the yep. time. Like um, coming on on Wednesday. We recorded last week, <laughs> coming on tomorrow, and when this goes live, it'll have been a week ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Marshall Bach, he's the lead designer for YouTube Gaming. Mm-hmm. And and like because he's a close friend, I like poured over all the screenshots that came out on Polygon and everything. And, and the, the evolution from what it started as to what it can be and like, a little bit of freedom but still a very obvious structure is it's crazy to me like how how much thinking went into it mm-hmm. well yeah material design is a very i think they said that uh but there's a very living guideline and um uh what is a guideline can differ from people to people some mm-hmm. people apply it like very to the letter and some people are more free with it and uh at the core there and, and the, the point of material design was like there's good core uh principles to it and then you iterate on it and you make it your own okay um so now we can really see that a year later because it takes it takes a while for people to actually adopt such a such a guideline but uh um a lot of google product and as well as uh third party and and android developers and developers all around the web have actually feed the the material design guideline back and they and they adapt and they move and uh if you look at how they update the material design uh guideline site it actually goes pretty fast and it's in a like great shape now and like maybe double in size of what it was uh a year ago and they're uh from working with them not on a day-to-day basis but very frequently they're constantly evolving and adding things and uh, um getting feedback on what's good and what's not good because uh some principles well turned out didn't work and they needed to iterate on that so they're capacity to actually modify their guidelines and adapt is also a great strength it's just not a guideline that you threw out there and they were like that's it that's that's what you guys should do it's actually something that was humble in a way uh i was like well that's where we are where we're at right now maybe in a year we'll we'll add stuff to it and we'll make it better and to my very own surprise um they 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 kept on going and going and adding things and they're stronger than ever 
not that I didn't believe in them, it's that it's 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 a long effort and a lot of work. So yeah. I'm, but it also sounds like a pretty good case to not design and build apps incredibly strict to material. Right. Mm-hmm. Well I Do guess you disagree. Material design is like very organic. Um to me you can compare that to like if you compare it to iOS first version, like it was pretty strict too, right? Like the human interface guidelines were like you have to do this that way. It gives people a structure, and then at some point designers like took it and honed it. Like you have seen a lot of stuff happening after iOS, like skeuomorphism, or um, you know just designers branding and using the guidelines and ma- evolving them uh, to a point where actually I, I'm pretty sure people at Apple looked at what's what was going on in the design community to like build iOS seven and and, and that and shaped such. iOS. And, and yeah. ch- so you can you can we can we we can start seeing this kind of use I mean cases where designer like start to own the guidelines and or like knows it as, as much as they can like evolve it through their own like style um, and own it. Yeah, yeah. What makes the strength of a platform the guideline is just really the third party developers and not not so much uh, Google or Apple for their own platform. They get, they give a base and good principles. But from then, uh, it's really up to everybody to actually move it forward. And why? It's kind of like jazz. That is the most Chrome response I've ever heard. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Third-party developers are everything to us. <laughs> it's, it's very true. iOS wouldn't be there and so polished today, and the reputation oh, it has if if so, like people were so not so passionate to actually like push it forward. Um, when you think about it, iOS is a good set of core principles, and that's it. And then people just build on it and. Uh, that's what also they're doing on material design, and we can see it a year after, and actually, actually pretty encur- encouraging. That's how you get like pull to refresh. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> which exactly Chrome's pull to refresh on iOS. The yeah, oh my god, <laughs> my buddy so cool. Chambatis work on that. Nice, he implemented that it. My my boss came up to me one day. He's like, dude, check this out. Like he <laughs> he just wanted to show me the pull to refresh. Now it is a pretty awesome. Pull. You can yeah, swipe side sweet. to side now. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, for the people who are listening who don't know what I'm talking about at <laughs> yeah. all. Yeah, <laughs> Gmail. Yeah. Um, so, okay, third-party developers can take it and do what they want with it and evolve it and do all that, but internally, oh. how how does the material design spec impact your work? Do you ever, are you confined by it or do you still get the freedom to sort of push the boundaries a bit? Well, it's related to the product you're working on. Sometimes, I mean, material doesn't cover like 100% of the use cases. Sure. So, Like web? I don't know, like... Uh, <laughs> yeah. List five. Uh, yeah, I can't list five. But, um, you know, like when you work on an app, you're going to need like, I don't know, uh, a list or a button that does something that's not covered by specs. And then you go to the material guys and say, hey, that's like, I have a, a problem in my app. I need a button that needs to do that. And I, I have thought about that. And like, here is like several iteration. What do you think about it? And you can speak with them. And maybe at some point it will be in the guidelines after, you know. I think a great example of how it can impact and, and how realistic material design inside Google is uh, from a Chrome perspective, it like wasn't at the beginning. Uh, I mean, when it comes to the pure guidelines, because material design was mobile first, mm-hmm. really mobile first. Uh, it's like mobile be- native first, not mobile web yeah. first even. And so when you think about, well, Chrome OS and Windows well, it doesn't really, you know... Translate, clearly. Yeah, it doesn't really translate. There's core principles and things that you want to port into other aspects, but uh, yeah, Chrome is a very 
specific um, case where you're actually the uh, shell of material design apps. So yeah. if you do a material design designed on material design <laughs> content, then you know you can have a you cannot make the difference <laughs> between the chrome yeah uh-huh. and they look very similar so we did some explorations around that and that was fun uh so if you put a google product inside a google product you get this i don't know exception, <laughs> exception. how is there not like some kind of meta tag to handle that too speaking of of all this like web version of material design material design light came out today right yeah mm-hmm. which is pretty insane they call it light but it still has ink splash which means javascript is coding everything I was offline today, so you want to fill me in? You were um, offline? You had the whole day off. Line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically, you can use material design components without using Polymer. Okay. Yeah. Um, Adi Osmani wrote yeah. the, the piece for it mm-hmm. on Medium. It kind of introduces but it. But it's still doing the ink splash. Oh, yeah. Ink drop, yeah. ink splash. Uh, yeah, you have shadows, ink splash, and the uh, motions and everything implemented in CSS and JavaScript. And they've got a lot of the, the individual components hosted on CodePen, which is mm-hmm. crazy. Really? Yeah. Oh, so you that's can go, cool. You can go test everything on CodePen. Nice. Yeah, it, is, nice. it is very neat. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Um, I, I was surprised to see that come out. Like, I, I thought Google was going to play that one close to the vest as like a company branding thing. As much as they want people to use it for their apps, I thought they were going to hold the web components to their to themselves not, not really they actually like release a lot of things uh like the resources like all the icons are available for everybody it's mm-hmm. very but i i always assumed that was for native like that was their goal with it was to get it on native not necessarily like i guess i haven't checked the licensing but i assumed it would be like apple in san francisco like you can own it's only licensed to use for mac apps or ios apps. oh no it's it's you can really like the point of it is really it's Roboto's really platform open, agnostic. So. Yeah, yeah, it's use it ev- use it that. everywhere. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, wh- wherever you can, it's 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 perfectly fine. It's supposed to be and and what we hope for is that um is going to be everywhere and supported by everybody to and and they feed back. Um, Google brand everything. No, <laughs> that's 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 actually thing. That's actually something a bit tricky. Is that uh, it's hard to balance Google branding versus third party branding when we're using the same guidelines. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. So what happens when a third party uh, email app developer does it all like looking exactly like Inbox? Yeah. <laughs> that's when they have to innovate. Yeah, that that that's where they need that's to. That's why you like, hire designers, I guess. I guess you could say the question is, what if every single um, mail application on iOS looked like the mail app? It's like, well, mail app is the Gmail, right? Now go from there and do like go crazy mailbox or something. That is a very high compliment for the mail app. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, can we get into some nitty gritty? Because I want nitty gritty. Nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we do this enough, but I'm just quickly like, what are some tools you use? Like maybe more broadly at Google, like how do you guys uh, work well, in design? He uses Sketch. We all know this. <laughs> well, I used to. Now I'm all 3D. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Tell us more. Um, Sketch. So that was. I can tell a story where um, when I joined Inbox, like nobody was using. I mean, everybody was using Photoshop. Like mm-hmm. in. 100% of companies, I guess. Um, and during the WWDC, uh, I met with people like um, Peter, who is like the engineer, who is like the founder of Sketch, uh, with Mengto, which you interviewed, mm-hmm. um, Benjamin, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, BDC, Decock. Decock, Ben yeah. Decock, yeah. Is it 
when he said it to me, it was Decoke. I can never tell if it's Decoke or Decoke. I don't know. Yeah. Show I, notes. It's a pretty, <laughs> link in the it's show pretty notes. tricky. At BDC. Yeah. yeah. My French accent will betray me once again, so I'm not going to pronounce his last name. Um, so we met and we talked about Sketch and they were like, yeah, Sketch is amazing. You should use it. So I was like, I tried it. It's super buggy. I don't want to switch. Um, and they really like pushed me to try it. And I did. Um, and it was quite a... Or not a revelation, but it was pretty eyes opening on the situation of Photoshop. Um, it was like pretty different. Um, <laughs> Sketch was way yeah. lighter uh-huh. and way more focused on one task, um, which was a, a nice angle. Like it's you always has been that way for Mac apps. Like they, they took one angle and do it well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what Sketch was all about. Um, and I tried to, um, what's the word? Convert, yeah. Uh, co- convert? Convert, that's the word. I tried to convert <laughs> uh, my team to Sketch. Uh, I did some uh, workshops here and there. Uh, I went to, I don't know, to London, do, did some workshop there. Um, Inside Google, he was known as a Sketch guy. Like, oh, really? Chumark <laughs> was like, yeah, he's really into it. Well, nobody was actually using it. Yeah, it's, you know, it's hard to like, change. Yeah. Like when, when you have a structure already and a lot of people are using something, you know, Chumark was like Sketch, like... <laughs> really pushing it strongly and that was that was actually for our benefit uh, did, you, did you convert sebastian oh yeah 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 okay. i convert at uh the release of sketch 3 okay uh, i oh, didn't yeah. know anything about sketch before do you guys live in the beta i do i don't i do i'm, I'm like it's the only app i've ever used where i was like i have to be in the beta <laughs> like <laughs> so, so much, so much better like candies every day that's like so much delight they had so much stuff or or just more bug fixes yeah <laughs> bug fixes which helps too. The, the first time i met tim van damme i asked him to have lunch with me because he was doing icons i couldn't figure out in sketch because all my shapes would fall apart so i was like how do i do this and he like walked me through how to like not make your shapes suck mm. <laughs> in oh. sketch it yeah it's great. tricky but once you like know to do it you you don't come back i do i used to come back to illustrator back on time to times a lot of people are still using illustrator in google i use photoshop for all my icons yeah, I do them in like the, the vector then, tool. Yeah, well, yeah, I export them as SVGs and then mm-hmm. load them in Sketch. Yeah, that works too. Mm. But yeah, a lot of people are now using Sketch in Google. Um, like when I left, 99% of my team was using They have Sketch. the material design sticker sheet, right? Like, yeah. yeah. It's like people inside Google, like designers, wanted to pray, I mean, to, to help designers out there uh, using Sketch. Like yeah, that's internal projects. That's was, fantastic. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. And, and so and, now you're working on 3D stuff. What's your setup there? Ah, that stuff. Um, so 3D is <laughs> like a whole new beast. Um, I didn't know much about it. I used to do like some 3D rendering as like whole designers tried at some point, mm-hmm. I guess. But now I'm using Maya. And if you like, if you think Photoshop is huge and like a lot of stuff in there, <laughs> Maya is like 10 times Photoshop. So. <laughs> It's basically temp Photoshop in Photoshop. Um, but it, it's kind of a cool tool when you think about it. It's a beast. Like, it's, it's huge. It's really hard to load. A lot of stuff in there. Like, you, you saw that today. Like, icons everywhere. Like, so hard to, to figure it out. Um, and words like Fong. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is Fong? I don't know. Lemmer? It took me so long to figure that out. I was like, I don't know what this does. But Fong, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Lem- sounds like fun. Lambert. What? Yes. Exactly. Um, yeah, I was at the same point. Like, what? What's all that <laughs> stuff? Um, but what's cool about new thing is like you learn every day. Um, when I go to work every day, I know I'm gonna learn like a lot of stuff, um, and that's really cool. Um, so 3D is Maya because it's a tool that needs to. Um, 
it, it's a tool that's used by a lot of uh, 3D people. And in mm -hmm. 3D, there's like a, a lot of uh, jobs. So there's the modeler, there's the UV uh, texture, texture, lights, um, all that stuff is like a lot of stuff. And if you do animation, you have to do rigging, body rigging, and animation, export that. Um, and game industry is pretty close to like my activity right now. Um, I don't do games, but um, like there's all these uh -huh. layers. Sure you don't. <laughs> <laughs> there's like all these layers of um, jobs that I need to learn. Um, so I know I'm never going to be good at everything, but it's interesting challenge. That was what I was looking for, challenge. So okay, I got, I got it. <laughs> so what are you working in? Just, just Sketch, or do you have some other favorite tools? Oh, uh, yeah, just. I switched completely. Uh, and the big selling point for me was like how you manage assets for Sketch because a big part of like designing Chrome is managing a really ton of assets. Um, so getting from Photoshop to Sketch was a giant relief. It was uh, it was it was great. It really simplified a lot of things uh, in terms of production. Um, yeah, because I think I counted at the time it was like something around two thousand to cover all the platforms everywhere. And the various DPIs and everything like that, so huge time saver there. Uh, yeah, Photoshop CC is doing that now. I yeah. actually really like their exporting tools. I use them a lot. It got way better. Yeah, uh, I'm going to try it and avoid switching back and forth. <laughs> I had some issues with Generator when it first came out, just because it would try and export every single asset, even if I'd been like, oh, yeah. "No, don't do that. Don't <laughs> do that. I just want the one." Oh, that was tricky, but it's it's been really good. Sebastian, you started as a visual designer. Are you yeah. still doing mostly UI? Or are you getting into UX and prototyping? Um, I'm still mostly UI. Um, well, I think at Google, we always do a bit of UX, uh, but yeah. we do have very like great dedicated UX designers. So um, I'm mostly responsible for for the UI. Um, Is it pretty segregated functions there, where people do a specific piece for the most part? You mean as like from from a product perspective? Is there yeah. somebody you assigned just focus to somebody? on the visual? They just focus on the UX. Uh, no, it's on very research. it's very broad. And when okay. you when you work on a feature, you work on everywhere. Okay. Um, like you see Chrome, you try to see Chrome as one product everywhere, which is the big challenge. Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah, it really depends on the team, I guess. Uh, some teams have have more designers. Um, I know Hinbox used to have like prototyper motion designer um so that's pretty yeah if you look at the material design job site that was that was one of the things that <laughs> I know it's bothering me. you I, okay. uh, I, did you listen to our one where we I did the website <laughs> he did he defended it on periscope it was but great i know <laughs> he was like the material design white knight <laughs> <laughs> swooping in well here you are well yeah I, I just think it's interesting when people break down design roles into individual like boxes when i think of them as core competencies of most designers i i guess it really depends on the size of the team um like breaking them into special into specialties really help to move faster like someone who's going to be a prototyper will be way more efficient than if you want to prototype something mm -hmm. right uh, motion designer is like I, I used to work with uh, john schlemmer he's like a magician of motion design uh, and I, I can try to do motion, but I will never never been as good as him. Mm -hmm. So breaking down uh, specialties is really helpful when you have such a big product to work on, and you know it's going to be done the right way. Yeah, that's that's why I thought at the beginning is that well, UX is kind of part 
of like your des designer toolbox. And then I get into Chrome and I see UX designers that actually do not do visuals. But they're but I, I know why is that because they're they have so much to do for the UX and so many things to consider that they just cannot do do everything. Uh so they're very specialized and they answer really complex and unsexy problems without ever <laughs> thinking about, about about UI. And um so yeah sometimes segmenting is is actually pretty pretty useful. Do you also design uh the dev tools and all those panels? Uh no, actually it's uh it's one designer uh who works with the uh developer tool team uh, ah, on that. Cool. Uh yeah, his name how is much Max. Do you and him good. like cross collaborate and try and keep that in some way in sync with how the dev tools is gonna look compared to the latest visuals you have? Um we keep in touch, but Chrome and um and I think it's very it's very important to the team is very free. And when you're into Chrome, you do what you think is best and you're not on your own, but you're you're responsible. And that was the first thing that shocked me at the very beginning is that I had the first project that I had in Chrome was to redo the error pages. Um, <laughs> ah, yes, let's talk years, about this. <laughs> three years and a half ago. Yeah. And uh, so I redid like first mocks and I was really like into it for like two weeks and I sent them away and I was expecting feedback. And what I got was, all right, that was it. That was... <laughs> that was uh, and, I, and I, I understood that um unless it was actually really terrible we have a review process but still <laughs> uh it's gonna get in it's gonna be you so either you do it you know you do it well or or well it gets you know that's how it is at which point did the t-rex factor in <laughs> <laughs> um so the T-Rex arrived uh, one, year, uh, one year in, I think, at Google. And the fun fact is that it's the thing that got approved the fastest ever. So when you're like, but wait, 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 it's a game. <laughs> so the game came after. Okay. Um, so the T-Rex came, I think, two, two years ago. Uh, yeah, my timeline may be wrong because... Uh, at Chrome, you know, you have various versions. You have Canary and Stable, and in the middle of that, you have Beta and Dev. Um, so it spans on like six weeks. Per, so it's you know all the branches are quite complicated, really. Um, so, uh, so yeah. Anyway, it was two years ago, and um, and we we needed to redo the error pages that didn't ship on the on the first year I was there. So one one part of that was what's happening when you disconnect. And I had no idea what to do, and I just draw a T Rex. That that's that's the <laughs> story. Ooh, that was. Uh, <laughs> I drew a T Rex. I was in front of my Your thing. connection was, is extinct. It was so I was like, oh, maybe you go back to the prehistoric age. And you know the style of like Google Error Pages illustrations is um is very like it's pixel art, very yep. simple. And it was like uh, it's you like know, single the, color pixel art. Yeah, the you know the his dead gym they're still in today when like you actually have a crash. Yeah, uh, that was like the base of. Or the page frozen, like the little yep. tab thing. Uh, that was like the base of the Chrome error illustrations. Okay. And um, and so I was like, well, I need something very simple to design and to say that it's disconnected. So I was like, well, uh, T-Rex would jump easy. to dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, prehistoric age, T-Rex yeah. is easy. You do little arms and you do little face and that's, you have a T-Rex that is like, look, like... The the name I I gave him when I sent the email to like the leads with like the lonely T Rex, it came with <laughs> um with like a very less good router disconnected 
icon <laughs> and uh some cacti actually uh, another another person made um and so the cacti stayed and the t-rex was approved in about five minutes <laughs> and uh, the game came a year after that i think when uh, i think glenn murphy uh so the lead of, of chrome at the time was really into doing more around it and so uh he was like what if we do a game and what if we update this game with the uh chrome various release that we do um so i gathered with a with a with a very great engineer um edward and um and two other designers and we just it was the most surrealistic meeting we had where we just sat in a room and we drew t-rexes and pterodactyls on a board and that was yeah that was that that we just had fun for like why can't that be all meetings seriously (laughs) yeah yeah, that was was really great i was like google is really (laughs) i mean how come i get to do that i think i mean i drew t-rex and and people are enjoying it and yeah so when they're the most likely to be frustrated yeah and And, and uh, it's so surprising when you first see it like unless you like read an article about or something it's it's like the first time i saw it i was like wait what 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 is (laughs) happening but the thing about that and then even deeper into google is this idea of easter eggs like you can see the dinosaur but you don't know you press spacebar to start playing right yeah um and then of course on youtube you can like hit the arrow keys start playing snake Mm -hmm. while the video's buffering uh random google searches for like barrel roll and all that stuff and you had konami code even on the hardware like the chromebook pixel was built in with the konami code and if oh, you really? yeah hit the Konami code on it, you had a specific um, you know they, there's a like a, a set of LED on the uh, uh-huh. on the clamshell, uh, and uh, it actually do like a little dance. Um, so yeah, that's that goes that. What are some uh, other ones you guys know? Uh, I I just well, learned about that. I didn't knew that. All the versions of Android, the developer releases before it comes out, have a hint at what the mm. name will be. Yeah. Oh, you Except for this put, one, you put a game in the uh, about settings view, right? Yeah, you can you can tap uh, your version. You and just have to tap you access, it a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. You had at some point a Flappy Bird version of Android, mm-hmm. and um, well, there was the entire Kit Kat thing, which was actually very weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, <laughs> well, we'll just cut it Kit Kat, and that's that's that's, that's it. <laughs> um, yeah, so they're pretty funny like that, and I think the best way to describe Google when I came in was like Google is like the crazy crazy uncle of of like tech companies. You know, it's just crazy ideas, and you just do things. And yeah, and it's it's yeah, it's fun. People are not really taking it that seriously. Which it is, seems like a company, <laughs> we don't take anything seriously at Google. Quote: <laughs> it, It's easy yeah, to believe no, that they had server racks made of Legos. Like it's it's very easy to yeah to, to believe that we have so much Legos in the in the Chrome team building. That's it's, not a it's, bad thing. It's there's <laughs> the we're Lego, we have like like for the four years anniversary we built like a giant Lego of the Chrome logo that is still there and now it's he has a little T-Rex in the middle of it. Nice. I think that's the thing I'm the most proud of is seeing T-Rex <laughs> everywhere. It's like my big achievement inside the Chrome team. Actually, that's yeah, what, what what else about the Google culture could you share? Because we hear so much about it's Googly Facebook at this point. Uh, How do you guys feel about the bubble badges? The bubble badges? Bubble. Oh, our badges? The lenticular bubbles. They're 3D. That's, that's kind of cool. <laughs> Holographic. It does. It does cool. a three D version of your face, right? Yeah, yeah. this is a little holographic thing. I don't know. And there's some math problems behind it. So if you look closely no at the badge, you have like a whiteboard and you have math uh, behind Wait. it. So I was pretty scared. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, on mine it was. Like this. I didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> they they left the math off yours intentionally. Yeah. Hopefully. 
<laughs> the thing that I know about my badge is that I look terrified on it, but that's not related to the design. Oh, it was yeah, just first my day. first day. <laughs> Old badges are like fresh in, in the US from France. I was like, oh, this is Google. <laughs> how was the process moving here? I've, I've heard a lot about it from Roxanne about how terrifying and frustrating it can be. Uh, I guess the visa part is the most trickiest part. Um, but moving here is like moving from a country to another is pretty simple, and companies often helps you with like uh, moving packages and such, uh, relocation packages. I guess mm-hmm. it's called. The visa is the trickiest part, uh, depending on like your experience and your um, diplomas and such. Um, was not too hard for me. I guess it was pretty. We, I think we got it easy and i'm not only talking for google but it's uh they make it very nice and comfy to you, move on the other side of the earth you had like a h1b or something yeah i got under an h1b it was at the time where h1b was actually still like twice a year and you can pretty much come into the u.s mm. like not easily but that was there was no lottery for it. Now it's way more complicated. It so. is insane, right? She yeah. said, what, 85,000 people yeah. a year? Yeah. yeah, that's the limit, and they, yeah, they're way above it. Yeah, she was super worried she was not going to get in. Yeah, yeah it's she, pretty stressful. Like, uh, it has been his, uh, her second year she tried. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the most frustrating position where you have a job offer, but yep. you just can't work because you don't have a visa. So yeah, I guess it's pretty... And then even when you get it, you can't work until October. Is that right? Yeah, like October is where it come in October. Yeah, mm-hmm. you That's need to crazy. start October. I started on January, but it was at the time where there was two two sessions. Uh, but now, yeah, it's uh, like October, and you do not come before that. And if you got rejected in April, you start over again uh, the next Oof. year. Yeah, so it's rough. it is rough. Yeah, I'm happy to be out of it for sure. How did you two meet? Was it at Google or before? Everyone from France knows each other, don't you know that? Yeah, I was about to like say a, that. Uh, I was about to say that. Um, <laughs> there's there's a, just a collection of French friends that I have, and they're all like always in photos together. Do you guys have a French <laughs> French designer Facebook group or something? Um, it's like you guys Google Circle. We have a, we have a messaging group that is what French dudes. That it's, yeah, because we're all French. <laughs> in it. And uh, yeah, I knew him before. He probably didn't knew me, but we met at Google. I guess I've read your article, which was like, uh, oh, did I join? Google, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it? but uh, yeah, I already knew knew you at the time, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool. You read it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, guys, <laughs> oh, it was a good one. You should read it <laughs> if you're listening. Go read it. Thank you. It's it's right on the page, like the Google Design page, right? Oh yeah, it yeah. Was. They even put yeah. it in the yeah in the like yeah. They put it in the resource. It's, it's just like you and Matthias and something about jazz, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was very stoked about it to be actually <laughs> on a Google slash design thing. I was like, oh, that's 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 awesome. Uh, it's pretty good to make the homepage of their like first ever design page, right? Like, yeah, that, that's really um, cool. That really shows like, oh, they want people inside Google to help, um, you know, communicate about mm-hmm. material design. Yeah, um, and not only that, but I didn't think they were that open. Uh, speaking of the culture, um, I thought Google was open, and it is very open internally but i was scared about talking about it externally it's kind of opaque it seems to have like a big wall around it Mm -hmm. but inside it sounds like everyone i've talked to from there is like yeah we work across teams we're pretty tight with everyone yeah there's a lot of people so you can't meet everyone but yeah for sure that's what's amazing about it like even you can ask for i don't know like famous people and drop them an email and say sure 
get let's get some lunch and talk about whatever you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the um, thing they reveal inside also is like, yeah, we're doing that. You know, just don't tell everyone. Um, it, it's a good culture. Oh yeah, definitely. That's pretty amazing. Like that, you don't hear about things like that. The example I always go back to is people inside Apple. Anytime you talk oh, to them, they oh. don't know anything about what any other yeah. team is doing. I've been like in the most awkward lunch with Apple people. Like <laughs> nobody knew each other <laughs> and nobody was able to talk about what they were working on. He was like, yeah, I work on stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. Me too. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 I, I I'm know. on the same stuff team. <laughs> yeah, stuff. Well, both companies are obviously successful. So I guess it can work both ways just one of them somehow sounds more fun and relaxed and enjoyable one sounds like a lot more fun to work for one also is uh software and the other one is hardware but it's a lot different like the stress level i'm assuming is different from talking to people Mm. also at apple there um supply chains woof oh yeah i guess that's like (laughs) yeah you can't just deploy a new iphone yeah, you can yeah. push like a bug fix. Deploy a new like iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> no, Just it's... spits it out. You need to make some PR telling that you're holding it wrong, stuff like that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Submit a pull request. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah that, the, the good part about that, uh, like being so open, is that um, you feel part of something bigger. Um, so when I... When some days I don't feel like like I'm, I'm a bit fed up with what, what I'm doing, like everybody is at this job at some point, um, and when like a bit of fresh air and see some perspective, I look at what Google is doing as a whole, like as like every team and every team my friends are working on there. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's a good. That's I think we're going the right direction. It's part of the of what keeps me in and going and interested. Mm-hmm. And I think that people are working on so much crazy and VR stuff. Like yeah, VR, VR is twenty one. camera I mean, VR rigs. Yeah, <laughs> cardboard like is like kind of really cool um i was in the same situation uh, i wanted to do like something new challenges and google is the place where like you can find new challenges um yeah culture wise it's it's pretty awesome you can talk to anybody i've spent like hours talking to motion designers like 3d people or i don't know sound effects or engineers even engineers and you know just talking about the jobs the process like it really helps you get i mean it really helps you uh, to be a better designer too like understanding like the whole pipeline um it's really interesting in the long term do you guys see yourself staying big company or is the startup you're at a small agency before right sebastian yeah yeah so do you see the smaller kind of company lifestyle calling back to you at any point um not- <laughs> that's, that's a hard question long term i'm not saying are you quitting google but like um do you in the scope of your career in 30 years <laughs> no i think it's, I have no it's idea is that reasonable to say like in the when, scope of when your, your body is replaced by a cyborg <laughs> what do you plan to do <laughs> um I'm, I'm in my current job where we have this um a team that is not that is still at human scale and um, that's something also that keeps me gets me going is that i, I still need this little team environment so okay. it's not like all of a sudden it became this uh, i came from like um, a three people company to like a 50,000 people company and i feel like like i'm drowning inside like into these crazy things so we still i still keep a human scale um projects and work around early, like work workspace so it's um it's all right i don't see myself drawn too much to like something smaller um and maybe it's because i didn't find 
a project that passionates me enough to actually change. Um, yeah, right now it's hard to be being part of Google for me as, as what the company is doing as a whole. Sure. Okay. Well, that's, what's, that's what's pretty nice about it. Like, you can imagine there is so much project going on that if you want to work on something else or find new challenges, like, I'm not sure a, a lot of companies are able to do that to mm-hmm. like, you know, I want to switch teams uh, that easily. Um, no, I guess like... The scale can go both ways. It can slow you down, but it can also enable you as a person to speed up. Yep, exactly. Um, and there's a, I mean, there's a, a lot of teams and different scale. So if you are more comfortable in like small scale team, you can find one and do like great thing and be like a huge contributor. Or if you prefer to work with like a lot of people with like different skills, you can have that too. So that's what's pretty cool about it. Yeah, there's still a bit of a startup culture there when you start a new product, and that's how Gmail started. You can really start from scratch as a little little team and yep. then just grow. That's yeah, our, as long of- as they're just ink splashes everywhere. No. Oh yeah, <laughs> shadows. You know, don't like, forget, don't forget the shadows. Don't and forget okay, the the piece of material design that I was skeptical initially about was the the number of shadows involved but the logic behind it is so good like after working with some really good android designers or developers i was like oh this makes way more sense and i actually went to a material design i don't know workshop i guess Mm -hmm. at google san francisco and they explained all the logic behind it about how it's levels and it's it's not you just setting arbitrary shadow sizes and then i was like okay this is something i can get behind because it will be consistent across anyone who implements it correctly yeah, it's Google. So there's a logic behind at some point. <laughs> it's engineering. <laughs> um, no, but that's it's not even engineer like made by engineer. It's really made by designers who cares about how things work. Um, but those color palettes were designed by engineers, right? No, they're not. Color palettes were no, were no the color palettes are amazing. Like. I mean, we're just. I, I, it's, 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 I love them it's because it's a broad color palette. There's it's a lot of choice choices it's there. It's fresh. There's it's, no wrong color. It's fresh. Right? It is, is that, fresh. Is it's it's time? unique. It is. <laughs> it yeah. caught me off guard the first time I saw it. I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> it, it it is pretty flashy. Um, yeah. that's uh, cool. Yeah. I love them. No, I love. I it's love the hashtag colors. dope. Hashtag dope. <laughs> you need to be you need to be careful about how you mix them. Is that yeah? That's we like, kind yes. of throw these colors around and. Uh, as third-party developers, you need to be careful how you pick them, um, and maybe they're a bit dangerous sometimes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the material design team made a video about it. Like, oh, if you haven't like design skill or uh, you know art history, like ten years art of history, um, they kind of explain you how to choose them carefully and get like good results. Yeah. <laughs> the, first, the first time it was on stage, I was like. What is going on? But after it's it's toned down. I think having third party developers in it right away, uh, it brings in kind of a tempering agent mm-hmm. by because so many people are using it. Yep. Yeah. I think you need to do to do this very strong statement to get your point across, yeah, and then absolutely. you really tone it down. Uh, I think it's it was part of every big announcement of redesign that happened, both Material Design and Windows as well, and Apple when we redesigned um, yeah, iOS seven. Like, hey, blur colors. Strong. Everything starts more radical and tones down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But that—that's cool. That's really help for helpful for branding when you think about it. Like, oh yeah, 
there's a color for you, your brain. You can't miss material design. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does that not scare anyone else that like branding is getting so mixed in with like the design principle? Look at Apple Music. Does that feel branded to you? Because it just feels weird to me. Like it, it's very, it's it's its own specific thing, but it doesn't feel like Apple. It feels kind of gross. You, <laughs> <laughs> I love using it. Don't get me wrong. I'm like super into the tool, but that that's one of those things where they're they're doing something that's very specifically them with all San Francisco and everything and it seems like they're starting a new design language similar to like a material design style it's re- framework it's very material like uh, the the full blown full bleed cover yeah, it is. yeah um, and everything is average colored out and everything is well they've got a lot more blur going on than material yeah, design yeah material does, is but, like their shadows but yeah. blur doesn't mean too much like there's overlapping blurs mm-hmm. like uh, i don't really get it it really doesn't tell the story with blurs on blurs well. on blurs exactly blur everything <laughs> to be honest i haven't opened apple music since uh last wednesday when we talked about it on the show with michael and marshall exactly it's a good case for design details it's not consistent at all like every there's i mean yeah write a blog post man maybe sure. i will i have two weeks you do <laughs> yeah you have other things to do but you do i do have other things to do yeah yeah the way they treat like segments and control there's like a lot of pieces that seem stitched together yeah. whereas like a team that built it from scratch that makes sense what's up with the action sheets are action sheets the best we can do in 2015 it's i don't have you you guys played with it much Uh, a little little bit bit. um i switched back to spotify because i'm a huge and user of it since Uh like back when it was like beta europe only so i kind of i tried everything all right hipster (laughs) i I uh, (laughs) actually knew spotify before any of you guys (laughs) no that was that was the point of Pride. It was more like when it was. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, anyway, I, I won't get out of it. So that's all right. Um, Sorry, I have man. so many playlists on it that I was like, oh, it's too much of a job. I, they I, have I Exportify now. Oh, they have? Yeah, someone like made the running thing. Someone made this thing. <laughs> What's that? You can export your Spotify playlists. Yeah. There's on Product Hunt. Fancy. I like the style of Spotify. I like the dark. See, I, I do too. I'm ah, the opposite. Yeah, that's cool. I, really? I can't stand Spotify. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I was an audio person. Yeah, audio. Like, audio is really nice. I switched to audio, and I was like, ah, "Okay, what if I?" You're still using audio? No, I use two. But uh, what do you use now? I use Apple Music for today, uh-huh. and then went back to Spotify. Yes. I, I'm like, <laughs> Spotify had the tools I wanted, but I couldn't stand looking at it. So, oh really? Yeah, I just dark theme is like it wasn't necessarily the darkness. Also, yeah. It was is everything but like dark gray. Sure, that sounds great. It's like that's fine, but. Like, the like green like icon like i didn't even want the icon on my home screen i was like mm, no i'll pass yeah yeah i don't like the tilting makes me nervous but uh like colors are fine and i guess like the dark theme really helps to like uh, make the cover and stuff mm-hmm. pops more no it's perfect for it it's cinematic right mm-hmm. but yeah the, the yeah. green and just like it didn't feel good to me like kinda, every time i looked at it i was just disappointed i understand your point about the uh i uh, up icon on the uh on your home screen is that I'm the same it. way if i don't like it i'll be like Ooh. the new color is so much better but they were like one day too late <laughs> Come on. <laughs> i really wish you could tweak app icons on your iphone i guess you could jailbreak or something but oh. like have a white spotify icon with the green logo instead i'm sure sebastian dewitt will make icons I, forever. I, yeah but you can <laughs> where's, where's mirror for ios yeah that's where i i i met him i mean online for the first time mm-hmm. you know, like this mac themes board where you can like customized whole your iphone 
it was a big scene back then. Mantia was part of it too. Right? <laughs> he was doing like all the icons. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's how he got hired by Apple. It's possible. I, I don't know Mantia pre-Apple. He I haven't a, met Mantia. He was you, doing you it. haven't? No. Yes, I have. A lot of customization. Mm-hmm. Should we wrap it up? Do you guys want to plug anything for our listeners? Want to sell some 20 camera rigs? <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't tried cardboard, you should. Because oh, how can I? Oh, you don't have a cardboard? No, how can I get one? Man, really? Okay, I'll, I'll get you one. <gasps> That'd be awesome. Okay, but how do listeners I'll get them? Uh, go slash... Oh, no, it's like... No, that's, <laughs> that's like internal stuff. It's we'll like, put it in the show notes. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes. There's uh, a link hold on, somewhere. Hold on, hold on. There's you can the, Google the, cardboard. The URL. Oh, uh, <laughs> the URL's on the back of his t-shirt. <laughs> uh, G.co slash cardboard. Yeah, close enough. That'll do it. That's a great domain name. I actually... Um, both of my roommates work at Google, and mm-hmm. they both have cardboards. You should try. Have, you, have you tried it? Yeah, of course. You like it? Yeah. I mean, I have an Oculus too, and I like that better. But that's a whole different mm. thing. You have the new one, the DK two. Yeah, that's the latest one. I mean, available. The, to yeah, the, the latest available. One. I haven't played with any VR anything. It's pretty really? fun. It's it good. Is. DK one made me like really nauseous, but DK two is great. Yeah, the resolution is still not there. I mean, yeah, it's like it's okay. Cardboard is like a, a nice. It's a nice first step into VR. Okay. To be honest, like that's the cheapest thing you can get. Yeah, to be in VR. I love that they adjusted it so that you could use it for iPhone too. Oh yeah, that was that was cool. a, that was a big move. I was not expecting that at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they changed the button too. It's not the same thing. Or it was like pretty much all phones. Yeah, Google has this whole thing going with its platforms where it's Apple will be very exclusive and feel kind of spiteful sometimes and then google will be like yeah we'll just give it to everyone we'll just help you out yeah you can it's pretty interesting i guess you can download the pdf and build it like at home yeah if you want to that's cool yeah that's that's google yeah that's, that's <laughs> it can be everywhere <laughs> you guys want to plug anything else before we go uh, download chrome it's a web browser and uh, what's, uh, it's uh, all right it's oh, really yeah. great for developing websites Hmm. <laughs> I, I, I don't oh, yeah. ever want to work in anything else when I'm developing. Developer tool is like insane. Yes. Yeah, that's great to hear. That's so actually. good. Making CSS Walker. on the fly is like killer. Yes. Dude, I, I had so many plugins to help me do that before, and now it's just baked in, and I was like, what is right going there. on? It even, it even updates my SAS, which is yep. crazy. Yep. That's very They're cool. doing an amazing job. SAS source maps. One of the things I'm not involved at all with, so I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, sure, I've heard of this. Dev tools are right. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, people can also follow you on Twitter. Yeah, counter B, counter B with a K. K O U N T E R B. Show notes as well. We'll have a link. And and they just both did interviews with Roxanne Cladier for her project People Over Heroes. Yes. Oh yeah, you should check that out. It's pretty cool. Yep. Um, PeopleOverHeroes.com. dot com. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. superheroes and designers. Yeah, it's like a, a nice way to approach interviews. Yeah, it's like, great. It's not the interviews you're going to read online everywhere it's like yeah. very special there's designers and non-designers and even designers do your wife's on there too about right design. my wife is on there too hmm. it's not focus on focus <laughs> did i <laughs> correct <Yeah. laughs> okay. you just had to get that in there didn't you <sighs> christoph that's for you so hard <laughs> um well, so yeah that's my train of thought yeah she's your wife's a makeup artist yeah right? so she's like interviewing a lot of people uh, she cares about or she is like inspired by so my wife is there she's a makeup artist if you if you need makeups <laughs> you should contact her uh, my wife is in there too she 
works at the SPCA. So if you need a dog, just go in the SPCA. <laughs> yeah, she's always spamming us with like the most cutest picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not the worst spam. Yeah. <laughs> no. All right. Well, we really appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, yeah, thank you. Especially short notice. Thanks okay, for thank having you. us. That was really cool. Well, cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for listening. That was episode 42 of the Design Details Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, we would really appreciate a rating on iTunes. Just pull out your phone or your computer or whatever you're listening on. Uh, leave us a rating. Even a comment would be great. Or just follow us on Twitter. We're at Design Details FM. Uh, you know, we'll tweet out new episodes. We'll tweet out when we are live broadcasting these recordings. And of course, before we leave you now, thank you again so much to our sponsors that make the show possible. First, Icon Finder, the best resource to find icons on the web. They're an amazing service. They make your life as a designer incredibly easy. They're an amazing company by supporting the design community and shows like this. And their service, Icon Finder Pro, is a must-have for any designer out there that is working with icons, which is every designer. If you're not, what are you even doing? Sakota <laughs> iconfinder.com and sign up for Icon Finder Pro with the promo code ROBOT and it will save you 50% off your first month. Thank you so much to Icon Finder. Our second sponsor is once again Dropbox. Can't thank them enough for supporting the show. Really love what they're doing. They've got an amazing design team building one of the greatest products that I get to use every day. I'm I'm such a big fanboy for this product. Um, it, it seems like such a small thing and people ask all the time what they're doing with all those amazing designers but the fact that it's so simple and so invisible and it gets out of your way and just does what it's supposed to do so so well i'm i'm like completely in love with it so dropbox is supporting designers and allowing you to sync all your files they've in a free way in a, in a cheap paid way it's like a hundred dollars a year total it's so good it's so powerful just use it Go to dropbox.com and sign up for Dropbox. That. Yeah, do that. Thanks so much to Dropbox. And we'll see you on Wednesday with John Gold.